Well, good morning and welcome to Southwinds. It's good to see everybody today. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that we are exploring together the power of habits. And uh, as we're beginning this new year, we're looking at habits that God can use to make deep and lasting changes in our lives. And today, uh, we're going to be looking together at the habit of talking to God or prayer. And I know whenever the subject of prayer comes up in a room like this, there's a couple of things I'm confident are true. First, I'm confident that we all want to pray. Second, I'm confident that however much we pray, we feel guilty about our prayer life in some way, shape, or form. You know, almost no one thinks that they like rock prayer. In fact, if you think you rock prayer, let me tell you, you don't. Almost no one thinks that they do, and even the people who truly do kind of rock prayer uh, usually feel like they're falling short in some different ways. And the reality is we all need to learn to pray at least more. I need to learn to pray. We all need to learn in deeper ways to practice the habit of prayer. If you were here last week, you'll remember that uh, we looked at what I said was the most important habit of all for a Christ follower— And that is getting God's word into our lives. Uh, It is the most important keystone habit that we've talked about. A habit that has impact that ripples out into every area of our lives. And today I want to introduce to you that prayer is also a keystone habit. In fact, Bible intake and prayer really do go hand in hand. You need both. It's not an either or. It's a both and. And I'll just say if you are not... Uh, building these two habits deeper and and deeper into your life, then it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how many other good and healthy habits you practice. Like you can eat clean and exercise daily. You can practice sleep hygiene. You can floss twice a day. You can recycle religiously and live green. You can have a life mission, and you can write down your goals, and you can work out your plans, and you can begin with the end in mind, and you can put first things first and think win-win every day. But if you are not hearing from the God who created you and loved you and redeemed you and gave you his word, and if you are not talking to him, if you're not praying, then none of your other habits, good or otherwise, is going to have any lasting value. We need to pray. Amen? So how can we do that? Well, Jesus gives us a pattern to practice. He tells us how we can build the habit of prayer, and it's it's something we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, a lot of us, I think, grew up reciting the Lord's Prayer. In fact, some of us grew up in churches where every week the pastor would say something like, and so we now pray as you taught us to pray, and then we would all together recite the Lord's Prayer. Like, how many of you grew up with that as a practice, you know, like every week in your your tradition? A lot of us did. And we're actually going to do that uh, later on this morning. But first, I want us to look at what Jesus teaches us uh, in this prayer, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, which includes the Lord's Prayer. And I want to say that I think these verses are so familiar to us that whenever we go to them and come across them, we need to stop and slow down and really think about what is happening here. Because the reality is this is so enormous. I want you to think about it. We, we believe, right, 
that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? We believe that he came to earth to reveal the Father to us, right? Amen? And we believe that, that Jesus is God's very own Son. And so that means this passage is actually showing us what God says about how we should talk to God. This is what we are being told here. What God says about how we should talk to God. And, and I want you to see this. In the, the verses right before the Lord's Prayer, there's some important information because Jesus teaches us here what we should not do. He tells us there are two things that we often do in prayer. And a lot of times we think they're really important, but they are not important at all. In fact, they damage our prayer life. And almost every one of us, at least one time or another, I think gets mixed up here. Uh, so here's the first uh, thing that prayer is not. Uh, prayer is not a performance. Prayer is not a performance. And we do tend to see prayer uh, in some way or another in, as involving performance in front of other people. Now, some of you are saying, well, I don't do this. And I say, really? How about this scenario? Ever been like in life group or someplace where, you know, we're doing the prayer circle thing. Everybody's standing around or we're sitting sort of in a circle. Maybe you're holding hands. Maybe you're not. But you're all praying. And you kind of realize as this is starting that everybody's like going around the circle and everybody is praying. And sooner or later, you know it's going to get to you. And when that happens, you find yourself, don't you? You're kind of panicking and you're thinking, what am I going to say? Are you with me on this here? Do I need to check again? <laughs> um, you, 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 you find yourself wondering, and you, you stop listening, actually, to what people are praying, right? And you start planning your prayer. Who's done this? I need to see a show of hands right now just to see what I'm talking about here. You start planning your prayer. You've got to think of something to say, at least a couple phrases so I won't sound like an idiot. And you're thinking through this, and people are praying, and they're getting close to you, and they get to the person right next to you, and they pray your prayer. And you're like, that's my prayer. Why do you pray my prayer? What am I going to say now? <laughs> if you've ever done that, you've been thinking of prayer like a performance, right? We, we do tend to go that place. We, we forget that prayer is not about a performance. In fact, Jesus is talking about kind of a different scenario, but it's the same principle about people who were leaders in his day who had turned prayer into kind of an art of performance. Verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now, I'm not going to go into the detail of how this happened. Some of you know the story, but just Understand this, there were some leaders in that day who intentionally, purposefully went to public places, prayed loudly so that lots of people would hear them and be impressed by their spirituality. And Jesus says they're not really talking to God. When you do that, you're just talking to people. And Jesus says prayer is just talking to God. In verse 6 he says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Now, I want to make sure you don't misunderstand what Jesus is saying here. You can pray anywhere, anytime. You can pray on the freeway. You know, you can pray, God, please let there be no traffic on the Altamont this morning. I mean, that would be a miracle, wouldn't it? 
I mean, you can pray that if, if you feel like praying that. You can pray when you're taking your kids to school. You, you can pray at home when your kids are driving you crazy. Something like, God, please do not let me kill them today. How many of you prayed a prayer like that already this morning? Maybe I see those hands. You, you can pray about anything, anywhere, anytime. You can pray about your worries at work. You can pray when you're paying your bills. I'm not saying you don't pray in the busyness of life. Jesus is not saying that. But what he's focusing on is this, that the heart of prayer is what happens when you're alone with your Father. You know, pray all you can out there, anywhere, anytime. But we need times, all of us do, when we get alone and we get still and we just focus on God. In fact, you might even think of it this way, prayer and multitasking don't go really well together. Now again, sometimes we, we pray while we're doing other things, but we need to make sure we have focused times where we get alone with God and we talk to God. Jesus says you need that time of connection with him. You need to get with him. And then he says, then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now I want you to kind of note that. Jesus says there is a rich reward in praying like this, like what he's talking about. You say, what is it? Well, you're going to have to wait to the end of the message, but I'm going to tell you what that is. We'll talk about that. And then the second thing that prayer is not, Jesus says prayer is not technique. Prayer is not technique. And this is a confusion that's very common in American culture because we today think that every problem can be solved if we have the right technique, if we know how to do it. And, and so we're, we're always thinking, you know, just give me three techniques for losing weight, five techniques for better communication in marriage, seven techniques for, like, improving our sex life. We, we think like this, and so we transfer that mindset to prayer, and there's actually quite a lot of books that are based on this sort of thing that say if you just pray the right way, if you just employ the proper techniques, you'll be good at praying because we think technique solves everything. But... I'm just telling you today, Jesus is saying that this will damage your prayer life. Look at verse 7. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many, what? Words. Jesus is saying it's not actually about the words. He's saying it's not about how you do it. He's saying if you think that I'm looking for certain words or a certain formula, then you do not understand what prayer is all about. And a lot of us have struggled with this. You know, maybe you grew up in church, and some of you, I'm confident, you think you have to pray a certain way and do it exactly right, or it doesn't work. You know, the reason you're not getting what you asked for, it must be because you're not doing it right. Some of us think, well, we got to start Heavenly Father, so I'll say that. And you got to end, I mean, you have to end, in Jesus' name, amen. If you don't say that, it's not going to work. In other words, we're thinking you have to use the right words. And some of us kind of grew up in churches, you know, maybe you remember this. Um, there were people like in the church you grew up in who prayed these incredible prayers. Do you remember any of those people, you know? And, and it was kind of interesting, even though they had lived like their entire life in California, when they prayed, they sounded British. <laughs> they were so eloquent. And you hear that. And you're thinking, that's incredible. That's so beautiful. My prayers are like crap. I mean, I, and you get discouraged, you know, and, and you're comparing yourself to someone who uses words in a certain way. But Jesus is saying here, don't worry about the words. 
Just talk to God. Don't worry about what other people think. Just talk to God. He's really telling us the pressure is off. Just pray. Don't worry about praying. Just pray. It's not about technique. It's not about performance. So what is it about? What is prayer? Well, verse 8 helps us with that. Notice what Jesus says. He says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, I want to encourage you. Why don't you underline, knows what you need before you ask him. And if when you hear those words, your response is, then why am I praying? If that's what you think, then I want to tell you, you are on the verge of an incredible breakthrough in prayer. If you are asking right now, okay, if Jesus is saying that God already knows what I need before I ask, why should I ask? You are on the brink of seeing something about prayer that could change everything about prayer for you. What is it? Well, notice a key word. I want you to notice in this passage all the times that Jesus uses the word Father. Father, our Father, your Father, over and over. Jesus loved that word. He uses the word Father to refer to God over 60 times in the Gospels. And and to be clear, Jesus is not saying God has gender. He's making a point, and here, here's the point. The kind of prayer that God is looking for, it's not about performance, it's not about technique, it is about relationship. In fact, prayer is relationship with your Father. That's what it is. Now, when you're done writing that, go ahead and look up here, because I, I need to acknowledge something. I need to acknowledge that for some people, thinking of God as a Father is a huge problem. Uh, Every time I I talk about God as Father, I know I'm going to have somebody talk to me and ask some questions. I'm going to get some emails, and somebody's going to say, you know, when you talk about God as Father, I I just can't go there. And they're going to tell me things like, you know, my dad was abusive. My dad abandoned us. My dad was emotionally absent. My dad was harsh and critical, always putting me down. I mean, you know, my dad's impact on our family was just a net negative. I want to suggest something if that's where you're at. Don't gauge God by your father. Gauge your father by God. See, God is the one who sets the example of what a father truly is, is to be. And it is in God That what you long for down deep inside, a a daddy who who loves you, a daddy who gives you wise advice, a a daddy who's strong when you are weak, who protects you, who, who never leaves you, that's God. That's your heavenly father. And Jesus is telling us about prayer. The most important thing in your life is your personal relationship with God. Everything else flows from that one thing. And that is why prayer is so important, because it is about that relationship. Now, maybe for some of you that seems a little vague. I mean, how do you have a relationship with, as Jesus said, your father who is unseen? So how do you have a relationship with the invisible God? I mean, how does something like prayer become a a, a practice, a, a, a real habit in our lives? And the truth is, Jesus gives us this prayer to answer that question. 
See, one of the things that we will learn from the Lord's Prayer is that while prayer is intensely relational and intimate, prayer also thrives when there's structure, when there's a framework for the relationship to follow. In other words, when it's a habit. I want to show you three ways to develop the habit of prayer. And these are taken straight from Jesus' prayer uh, that he gives to us, the Lord's Prayer. And again, these are some of the most familiar verses in the Bible. They're so beautiful. I love them. But I have to say, this is not a formula. This is not a good luck charm that you can kind of wave and it, it, it takes care of things whenever you feel like it. I want you to notice how Jesus begins in verse 9. He says, this then is, what's the next word? How. This then is how you should pray. Notice Jesus does not say this then is what you should pray. Now, one of the reasons we know this is true is that Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer on another occasion. You can look it up later in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. And Jesus gives them a a model prayer. And maybe you've noticed this before. He gives them a different version of the prayer. And sometimes people read that and they go, "Um, Jesus, like, did you know you left some words out of your prayer? Because the words are different. But that actually just proves the point that I'm making here, that the precise words are not the point. In fact, some people have said we should call this the model prayer because it's an example of prayer. It's a pattern for prayer. It's a reminder of how we should pray so that we can have this relationship with God. Now, Jesus talks about three main aspects of praying. And these three can become a pattern or a guide, a model that you can follow in in structuring your praying as you practice this habit of praying. So I'm going to give them to you, and then you can decide how they work out in your life as you continue to grow in prayer. Here's the first thing we should do when we pray. Adore. We should adore. And this means I declare God's glory. Jesus says the prayer begins this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus is saying, don't start with you. Start with the Father. I love how Tim Keller puts it. He says, think about who God is until your heart is dazzled. This is where prayer begins. You recognize in prayer who it is that you are talking to. Because it is only when you begin to understand who God is that you get connected to reality. And it begins to order and reorder your life. And it begins to give you the true perspective that you need. Now, hallowed be your name. Well, that that means we are to honor God. And you're saying in prayer, God, I honor you. God, you are holy. You are awesome. And Jesus is saying, this is where you start prayer. It starts with God. You say, well, how, how, how do I do that? Well, there's a number of different ways that, that you could practice this. And if you're, you're looking for things to think about as you reflect on God, my suggestion would be that you start collecting some verses uh, from the scriptures about God's glory and power and beauty and love. And what I mean by that is when you come across in your Bible reading something about God that just is powerful and strikes you that you want to kind of come back to, then you take that verse and you write it down Or you type it out in some place that you can begin putting different verses. And then when you come to pray and you come to adore, you look at these verses and you pray them back to God. You worship him through his word. You you adore him. 
And this is so important because the more time you spend declaring and acknowledging and meditating on and just inhaling the identity of God the Father, the more confidence that you are going to have that in your life he's always going to do what is best for you about all those urgent needs that you want to tell him about. And when that happens, here's a really wonderful thing. The more you want to talk to him, you begin with adoring. Maybe you can think of it this way. I adore the God who is my father. And it's important to keep both those things there. In prayer, I'm talking to the great God who created the universe. But he's also my father. He also loves me. You know, I think Jesus tells us to begin this way because my, my guess is that a lot of your prayers are a lot like a, a lot of mine tend to be that, that I tend to rush in. And, you know, I know I'm supposed to say Heavenly Father, so I say it and get that out of the way. So now I can tell him because I said the right words to start. Now I can tell him all the stuff I really want to talk to him about. And, and I, I, I can end up spending most of my time there. And Jesus says, you know, it's fine to bring all your responses to the Father. But remember to start with God and start with who he is, how great and beautiful and merciful and full of love, how much bigger he is than you, how much wiser he is than you. Now, some of you, you're taking this in, and because we're in America and we're all about technique, you're going, okay, I got it, Mike. Uh, start with a door. How much time, Mike? Do I, five minutes, is that enough? I mean, well, I, I want to do it. I'll start tomorrow. Well, it's not about the time. Uh, it, it's about reorienting your heart. I mean, pause and think. I have been invited into the presence of the most holy God. That God wants me to talk to him. And he is my father and I am his child. And, and, and what you do is you look at him like a child who's just living in the love of his father. You, you look at him and you think about him just like a child looks at his father. And Jesus says, stay there uh, until that impacts your life and changes your heart because this changes everything about how you see the rest of your life, your needs. So we start with the door. The second aspect of praying is maybe the hardest part of praying. I'm going to call this a line, a line. Uh, the phrase I would use to describe this is I surrender my will. So in prayer, you align your will with God's will. In verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And notice that your will be done comes before give us today. It comes before. In other words, before I get to asking, God, I just want to know you. I just want you to know that whatever your answers are, it's your will before my will. It's your kingdom before my kingdom. I'm just surrendering, God, all of me to all of you. Your agenda for my family comes before my agenda for my family, your agenda for my work, your agenda for my time today, your agenda for the interruptions I'm going to experience today, your agenda for the ministry opportunities that will be put before me today, your agenda, all of that comes before my agenda. And some of us don't like to pray that prayer, do we? Now, I know it's church, so you're going to say yes. But if you're honest with yourself, 
you know that's not always your prayer. Like to, just, for, just for the goodness of confession, just to get this off, can all of us just say amen? It may not be for you, but somebody else in your row needs to confess this, so let's just say it for them. Amen? You know, that's where we are sometimes. And that's why we need to pray this. You know why this is so important? Let me illustrate it this way. Uh, and, and you're going to get this on a human level. Sometimes a loving father has to say no to his kids, right? I mean, how many of you as parents have ever said no to your kids? Would you just raise your hand if that's ever happened in your life? And, and I'll just be kind of blunt about it. If you're a parent, you've never said no to your kids. You're a bad parent. And I'm serious about that. Because good parents need to say no to your kids. I mean, sometimes dad has to say, no, you can't have that. It's going to electrocute you. Right? I heard this guy telling a story about this time. True story. He was camping out in Big Basin. Some of you camped there with his family. And they had gone with another family. And there were a bunch of kids there, the young kids. And he said... He said, we've been there a couple of days, and really early in the morning, around 5.30 or so, we were sleeping, and all of a sudden, he starts hearing something, and it was his five-year-old son who was in the tent next to them with some other people, and he was at the door of their, their tent, you know, and he hadn't opened it or anything, but he was whispering. And, and he said, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom. Dad, 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 dad. That's what the dad said it was like. And he's kind of coming out and he says, what? What is it? And so a five-year-old boy said, we just want one thing. What? He said, dad, we just want one thing. That's all we ask. And you can go back to sleep, dad. What do you want? He said, we want the matches. Now dad's awake. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> he unzips the tent and he looks out and he sees that his five-year-old son and another five-year-old boy <clears throat> had made a pile of what they were calling pine cone bombs. And they had stuck pine cone needles into the pine cones as fuses and they needed matches because they wanted to light the fuses and then chuck the pine cone bombs out into the forest. Sometimes good dads need to say no, right? And see, what this prayer is saying is this. God, I recognize that I don't know what is matches for me. God, I know how I want my prayer to be answered, but I'm believing that you know the best way to answer my prayer. I mean, how many of you know? I mean, you know this. You know this. You are glad. You are glad forevermore that God has not said yes to everything you've asked for. He doesn't always say yes because we don't always know what we, we need. And so part of praying is that we get aligned with God. This is why for just one example in Celebrate Recovery, we talk about how we need to turn our will over to God because we know that in ourselves we are powerless uh, to face our self-destructive tendencies. That's why that has to come first. 
we need to get aligned with God. And so you can kind of write this down. See, in prayer, I align with my father, the king. And again, it's both of these things. God is my father, but God's also the king. Now, this is not going to be on the screen, but you can write this down. And this will be important for some of you. You should feel freedom to ask God for whatever you want in prayer. Some of you are going to kind of like self-edit as you hear this. You're going to kind of tamp it down, think, well, I don't know if I should ask this. Maybe this isn't God's will for me. Your job is not to determine what God's will is for you, okay? And I just want to encourage you, 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 you spend way too much time worrying about whether something is God's will or not. Just ask. Ask freely. Ask without hesitation. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. And literally in the Greek text, it says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Ask, ask, ask. You're free to ask. God wants you to ask. But always in the asking, remember who's the king. You know, so often, here's the reality. In my asking, I learn where my requests don't line up with the will of God. See, prayer is about alignment, and it is really in the process of praying that that alignment happens. One more thing about this amazing phrase, your kingdom come. You know, we, we, we look around at our world, and we have so much violence and terrorism and injustice in this world. I mean, you ever look at the news, and you kind of go, what am I supposed to do? How do I respond to all of this violence And I just want to tell you, the best thing you can do is start praying, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because this prayer reminds you of the promise that we have in the scriptures that God is bringing his kingdom into this world. And it is a kingdom of love and beauty and grace. And that kingdom will one day be here in glorious fullness. And we God's people are the ambassadors of that guaranteed future kingdom. And that means that we now start to live as if that kingdom were already here on earth. And that means personally for us that we are people who are forgiving and we are loving and we are giving ourselves away and we are serving. And and so to pray your kingdom come means you pray for world peace. You pray against social injustice. It means you pray against racial division. It means you pray against violence. Your kingdom come, God, on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is is telling us, you want to know how to pray. Here it is. You start by adoring God, declaring his greatness. And then the next logical thing, if God is this great God, then that means that you should be aligning your will to his will, saying that I surrender, God, to your power, your wisdom, your will. And you do all of that before you get to asking. You know, God knows you're coming to him, and you might be thinking, I have a truckload of worry here. God, I, I, I'm bringing this to you, and I'm going to ask you about it. But before I get to that, I want to adore you, and I want to align my heart and my will with you, and I want to say your will be done. Some of you may be kind of thinking right now, well, I'm not sure I, I know how to do this, how to adore and align and And so this week, um, we're going to be providing some helps for that. Uh, Every day this week, we're going to be posting kind of some brief devotionals to help you pray through this prayer 
uh, the Lord's Prayer each day this week. It's going to be on Facebook if, if you are uh, accessing our Facebook page. And if you're not, you can do that. It'll be there. For those of you um, who don't use the Facebook, um, if that's where you are, and that's fine. If you don't, we're going to make those available through The Current, which is our communication uh, uh, vehicle that we have for our life groups. And if you're not accessing to that, please let us know. We'll get you uh, attached to that. Um, we'll put it on a PDF. We can get it to you so you can, you can practice this and begin building this in, into your life. And, and if you don't want to access any of that, then let me just say to you, why don't you make a commitment that every day this week you will pray through the Lord's Prayer. Let it be a model for you where you adore God and you align your will with, with God's will. And then finally, you get to the third thing, which is where we usually start. And Jesus says, you are to ask. He says, ask. And what asking is about is this. Asking is, I acknowledge my dependence. I acknowledge my dependence. This begins, give us today our daily bread. And when you pray that, if you pray it truly, like Jesus says, you are saying, I know I can really live only one day at a time. So for this day, Jesus, Father, please meet my needs. So I acknowledge my dependence on the Father for, first of all, for provision. So this is one of the things that we ask about, for God to provide for our needs. And then he goes on to say, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. In this prayer, we are acknowledging our dependence on God for pardon, for pardon. You know, we, we, we tend to pray, forgive me a lot, which is good. But maybe we leave out this part. Maybe we leave out the part where we are supposed to forgive other people. And we're not going to look at it in detail this morning, but I want you to be aware, verses 14 and 15, Jesus makes a very big deal about us forgiving other people. In fact, he says, if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. And I'm wondering if someone came here today to hear that warning. Maybe you need to be reminded of how serious it is when you are choosing not to practice the forgiveness that you so desperately need your Father to give you. This is not about earning our salvation. God says, okay, I'll give you salvation if you do this thing. What's really going on here is, is this. I think Jesus might explain it like this way. He might say that the surest tell that you are, in fact, not surrendered to God is that you are harboring bitterness and resentment, grudges in your heart. And that means, if you turn it around, the surest way to know that I am in alignment with God's will is if I am forgiving those who've hurt me. So we need to forgive others. In fact, I'll, I'll say it this way too. If, if you're holding a, a grudge, it always reveals something about you. And one of the things is this. It is impossible to hold on to a grudge without some sense of self-righteousness without in some way you seeing yourself as better than someone else. 
And, and so Jesus tells us that we are to forgive because if we're not forgiving, we're out of alignment with God and we need to be aligned again to God's will. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So here I'm acknowledging my dependence on God for protection. I'm just saying, God, I know I cannot fight sin on my own. God, I need you to protect me from my sin, from the sins of other people, from the temptations that are all around me, from the temptations that are coming up from within me. I need your protection. See, these are the the kind of things we, we pray about. And here's the framework for all of our asking. As I ask, I'm asking my Father who always knows best. And I think that's a great phrase to incorporate in, into our, our prayers as we pray, to say many times, God, I know you know best. I don't always know best, but you're my father, and I know you always know best. So how do you develop this habit of, of talking to God, this habit of prayer? Well, this is a, a pattern Jesus gives us. We adore, and we align, and we ask. Now, there's some practical things I want to give you real quickly before uh, we we do something. It's going to be a little different. We're going to take some time, several moments together, where we just pray as a congregation corporately. And I'll explain that in a moment. But before we get to that, um, I want to give you six keys to make prayer a habit. And for some of you, you know all of this, and you you don't need any help with this. But for those of you who are brand new at this, this may be something that will be useful for you. Number one, and I'll just briefly go through them as they're up on the screen. It's so important you choose a time and a place. Remember, you're making it a habit. So as best you can, you find a time, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is that works for you. And it's best if you get a place. And most of the time, at least, you're in this place. And, and then you, you pick a Bible reading plan. We talked about that last week. It really doesn't matter in one sense what the plan is, but you get some tracks for your, your time with God to run on. I think it's helpful, at least at first, to have a prayer pattern, and you can see a couple of acronyms there. And if you don't know what those are, I'll just encourage you to look them up. You'll be able to find them. It's really simple to understand. But some kind of pattern to guide your prayers. You can, you can also use AAA. That's what I just gave you today. If you'd like to use that one, adore, align, and ask. Um, then you build a prayer list. And this simply means there are going to be things in your life that you want to pray for more than once. You want to incorporate them into your life of prayer regularly. And so you start making a list so you can remember those things. It's not just what pops into your head at the moment. And it's also helpful if you ask for accountability. See, some of you are going to say, you know what, I want to build this habit of prayer in my life. You're going to say that today because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. And I'm telling you, if you make a commitment to do this in a way you haven't done it before, you will be wise if you tell someone else and say to them, will you pray for me? And will you kind of check up on me and see how I'm doing from time to time? I would like that help. And then the last thing I want to leave you with is this. Just start small and don't beat yourself up. So if you've never really had a habit of prayer, I'm just telling you right now, you may say, I'm going to start praying for two hours every day. That's generally not a great idea. You're probably going to stumble and fall and give up. You'd be better off by taking a smaller chunk of time and being faithful in that 
and then growing from that. So it's not, it's not a problem to start with a shorter amount of time. And then don't beat yourself up means simply this. Whatever you decide to do, you're going to fail. All right? I'm not saying that because I'm looking at you and I know who you are. I'm just saying that because we're all human beings, right? Can I get a witness on this one? You're going to fail. And when that happens, don't beat yourself up. Just kind of get back on uh, the, the, the prayer agenda and, and pray the next time. So here's what Jesus is telling us. He's telling us that we should all have this habit of prayer in our lives. He's telling us that we have a heavenly father who loves us and who invites us into relationship with him. And the, rela- the way relationship with the father hap- happens is, is through prayer. He's saying, build this into your life, and you're going to experience all kinds of blessings. In fact, he says you're going to experience reward. You say, what's the reward? Well, here's the reward. The reward of praying is this. We can know and enjoy God for his beauty, not just his usefulness. We get to know God. And that's what the habit of prayer is really all about.